Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Shifted Radio. I'm Mike. Today, we have a really cool episode today. We have Jordy from the Ultimate Hockey Fan Cave here to join us. Jordy's going to be talking about the the understanding of the social aspect on social media and how that can translate into business development and who has inspired him to make that sort of leap and progression into doing things around what he loves to do. And we'll also talk about hockey and how the passion of hockey can lead to so many opportunities that maybe didn't even exist as little as 10 years ago. So this will be a pretty cool chat. We've been friends with the Ultimate Hockey Fan Cave on social media for some time. We've gotten to know them uh, through direct message and just you know seeing their progression and how they've grown over the past uh, couple years. Um, it's been pretty fun to watch them. They just do a great job of putting out content and engaging and just building good emotions towards the game of hockey. And if you haven't seen their live stream, uh, it's pretty awesome. It's very diverse. They do a lot of cool stuff. So it'll be fun to get to chat with him and, and get to know him a little bit more on a personal level. So without further ado, welcome Jordy to the show. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, man? Mike, thanks for having me. I'm doing well. How about you? I am doing great, thank you. Just awesome. It's a nice day outside, and that is, uh, it always makes everything better. I completely agree. I'm super pumped to be on. I mean, we, it's a, you're our second ever podcast as us <laughs> being a guest. So, like, it's, uh, I'm really pumped for this. Yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped that you're on the show. Uh, I mean, we've kind of been interacting for some time now. I mean, uh, we've gotten to know each other uh, through social media and, mm-hmm. uh, that's how we've connected right and that's a little bit of the theme of you know these kind of episodes that we do when we talk about like how we connect to people uh, socially and how the world kind of changes or is changing uh, based on that sort of thing but we gave the we gave the listeners a little bit of a Coles notes version of uh, your bio and right. like kind of the cave but uh, can you go a little more in depth into who you are uh, the person behind all of the media at the cave and then, you know, the team there. Yeah. So, um, I'm actually Ken's neighbor. Uh, I, uh, so Jordy Oberg and Ken's neighbor. And I, uh, I came up about, what was it? It's almost been like three and a half years ago and saw partial pieces of the cave being put together. Like the structure was there. The floor was done. A whole bunch of these creations were complete and kind of all over the place. The ceiling wasn't done yet. And, um, the cave's never done. So, uh, but we got, we got to a point where I literally sat across like the 12 foot shuffle board bar and said to Ken, like, you got to put this online. Like there's so many different elements that people love Even if you're not a hockey fan, you may love it from like a construction point of view or like architecture or the creative process that Ken goes through. Mm-hmm. And Ken looked at me and said, you know, I have no idea how to do that. I just built this. <laughs> like he just, you know, that's his thing. And and uh, one thing we've learned kind of through this is surrounding yourself with the right people, with the right mm-hmm. skill sets. And my skill set is, is in the media, the content creation, you know, connecting with people and how to like distribute content to the right audiences at the, you know, the right time, but also with the right message and kind of like brand development. So we worked together over the past 
couple of years started you know putting it online a couple of people did videos locally that got a lot of uh, a lot of traction which kind of gave me a good indication that it wasn't just me being biased that I'm a huge hockey fan that I love this place and everyone else will it kind of gave me some credibility and in, in thinking you know what this is this is good this is something this is something unique and different and um, we just kind of went from there and started on a few platforms and started to gain some notoriety within the hockey world and uh the biggest kind of jump and bump we had for people noticing us and kind of being put on people's radars was our the ultimate hockey love seat the yeah. the one that swings it's an upside down yeah. it's hockey net that my yeah. mother-in-law made custom cushions for so i kind of just come up here and started just capturing content and learning the ways of the world that it's going and and how it's been changing and the possibilities and it's been a hell of a ride yeah it's been really really fun to watch you guys actually i mean you're you're one of the uh, you know i don't i try not to you know get lost in like all the the shuffling with uh like scrolling through content because then it kind of takes away from what I'm trying to achieve in like business wise. But right. you know, whenever I come across your content, there's obviously some other ones too that you know I, I use, but uh, whenever I come across your content, I'm always, you know, it kind of always stops me and I'm like, Oh, this is kind of intriguing. It's kind of fun. It's good. Like it, I think it just generates some good positive emotions for me towards hockey. And I, and I like that. And I think that's what you're doing with a lot of the other viewers and a lot of the other people that are, you know, either subscribe to your channels or you're connected mm-hmm. through social media. Um, but it's uh, it's just been fun. And I think when I got connected with you guys, you're around like, I don't know, maybe a thousand or two thousand followers, maybe something like that. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been really fun to see how you've grown uh, n- nicely, like there was no one piece of viral content, but it's all just been kind of consistently quality. And I, and I like that. And I think the way you guys are doing it and approaching it is like really, really good. And I think it'll be sustainable. And I like the way you guys have, have done it. So, you know, that's, that's kudos to you guys for doing that. Yeah. We, uh, when I sat down with Ken and, you know, he had a lot of questions about like, how do we show this? How does it, you know, how does this work? And, and I told him, and I, I talked about this on like cave talk, our, our podcast about you know you've got to have short-term and long-term content and so our short-term content like is like the floor or like the hockey stick creations like once you Mm -hmm. see like a hockey stick crutch you can only show so much pictures or the difference of it right like then it gets redundant and then you start to lose that attention or that exact emotion that you talked about like connecting with because it took you back to like when you broke your sticks or you broke your ankle in hockey or whatever it is there's some emotional attachment there but if you just show the same thing over and over again you start to get a little diluted so we we always plan to have short-term and long-term content so yeah the short term is obviously the the really awesome hockey stick creations that make people stop scrolling their feed and be like holy crap look at this yeah and then we figured like long term for us we just kind of tested the waters like in a podcast or like the tabletop hockey league uh our live streams which are the most popular and the most requested thing and and uh we figured that the long-term content that never gets boring is actually us as humans us as our personalities and Mm -hmm. how we interact with each other it's you know it's like somewhat of a tv show that you could tune in at 
10 a.m. this morning and get a live stream and then tune in at 6 p.m. the same day with the same people, but it will be different. And that's what keeps people coming back and hitting those notifications, hitting the likes, joining the contest, helping us grow. And as we say, you know, joining Cave Nation for the right reasons. We just we don't take anybody's time for granted. It's the most valuable resource, um, not money, time, because you can't get it back. So we want to make sure when people spend time, whether it's just stopping on their feed that, you know, they got a quality piece of content, but then they feel OK to move on and we're not trying to be greedy with their time and i think that balance is what we've seen allowed us to grow and be able to sustain it and we're just really excited for kind of keeping that mentality down about having fun and showcasing stuff at the cave and people love it to the point where like we've had you know we've had a, quite a few uh, people take note like pavel barra kane van gate and stuff that you know if we didn't have that approach or the content we'd probably just be another user trying to you know connect with them over instagram yeah and i think what really stands out, honestly, like first, firstly, like is the personality of all, all of all you guys, and especially you. Like, it really, it really shows quite obviously, really quickly when you engage with the content, whether it's through the piece of the, you know, the visual, whether it's through the, um, you know, the written word. Like, you know, even the captions that you put on uh, on the poster are really good, and they're really engaging, and they they help people to really connect with you guys, and they get, you know, they they almost like. You know, they, they feel like a friendship sort of sort of happening like, mm-hmm. right away, and it's it's nice, and especially the live stream. Um, you know, when people come on and they and they interact with you guys, and you guys are just doing a good job, just you know, being yourselves and doing what you do, and and that personality is very likable, and very people, you know, they can connect with that really really quickly, and I think that's you know one of the reasons why people are. Uh, gravitating to continually consuming your content and coming back for more, even if it's not the same thing, which is good. Like, yeah. but you also have similar themes that you know you'll play out, just like what you said, like the short term versus the long term content. Yeah, and then that is, you know, like we just always have talked about. We'll continue doing this as long as we're having fun doing it, and this place would be here regardless of whether you put it online or not. And and we would probably still be hanging out having beers and talking hockey and, you know, talk. We literally went live because uh, I wanted to talk with other people about whether Carrie Price should go to the Canucks or not. Cause they told me about that rumor might be going on. So I was like, let's go live. I want to hear what other people's <laughs> thoughts are. Cause here listening to Ken and Landon, we were going to talking about it and it was fun, but like, we like that community. We like, you know, all of us share that one element is the love for hockey. And there, within that, there's everybody has their own story. And we have a few more segments that we're going to hopefully be kind of doing and showcasing. That's part of our long term content, especially like on YouTube is everyone has a hockey story. So we want to kind of explore that and be able to share people because we don't like the idea that the people that only get, you know, the notoriety or get their story listened to are the ones with big followers or they have a business or they're paying for it. Um, you know, like mm-hmm. why doesn't this kid who has 500 followers, he has a hockey story that should be shown. So we, we have a premise where we'd like to have like, you know, whether it's an NHLer who comes to the cave or it's a follower, like we've had quite a few come and do tours, sit them down and, and, and put them on kind of like our, like Jimmy Fallon meets, you know, hockey, <laughs> hockey night in Canada a little talk show on YouTube and ask them what their hockey story is and talk hockey. Cause I think that story drives everything and uh, everybody has a hockey story. So we're, we're looking forward to kind of jumping into that. That's uh it's really cool. It's a really unique approach and it's, it's great. Like, 
you know, you're, you're just executing on all those little small details that people can really, you know, identify with, like exactly like you said, like we all have a hockey story. Like mine is different than yours is different to the next person's, but you know, it's not like, you know, any one particular person's is more or less important than the next. It's just, it's all dependent on what you feel like you like, right? Exactly. And that's the, that's what it's based on is like the common ground is hockey but know how you grew up in hockey and fell in love with it is shouldn't be considered better or should be told more because you have a certain amount of followers, you know, or because you're a big business or this and that. And that's unfortunately kind of how it is. And I get the business side of it, but when we have uh, nothing makes Ken and I more excited when like we see a a name reoccurring on our live streams and like we know that they're from rhode island and that their kids played in a hockey tournament and they dm'd us about goalie gear and then they said like you know like you're more than welcome to stay with us you ever get to rhode island and they join up and they actually do like family all of them on their own accounts are are together watching our live stream in the house (laughs) as like a family and that is that that's the stuff for me and like this media stuff where it's like, you really know that you're, you're on to something or you found an approach that works. And honestly, it's, it's the simplest way. It's just being authentic, organic yes. and, and having fun with it. People love to have, love to watch other people having fun. And that's why those like, you know, when you watch like those videos on YouTube where a baby's laughing for like a minute, <laughs> you're laughing, you know, it's just, absolutely. I think it's, like, I think it's ingrained in us. So like if people see us having a good time talking hockey and, you know, we're really lucky because of Ken's creations that when you hit that live stream, if even if you don't know who we are, we try to set it in a spot where, holy crap, what's that? And then that's the short term. And then we hope the long term of like our banter, making fun of each other, hockey knowledge keeps you maybe hits that follow, maybe goes check uh, subscribes and checks out our vlog or whatever other stuff we have going on. Yeah. And like it's that connectivity that you, you're talking about, like you're, you're drawing people in through branding, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, And what's really, really apparent that, you know, people don't, they won't like think about it right away is that you're doing all this. And like, so far you haven't really sold anything like, you know, visually being like, Hey, buy my stuff, buy my, buy anything like not aggressively. Maybe you have some stuff that, you know, you want to start now you've, you've begun to start, you know, with the, an e-commerce approach or whatever you guys, Mm -hmm. whatever that's your stuff. But for the first, you know, long time, it was not anything about like buy my product, buy buy this. It's just content and just, you know, basically just hanging out. It's it's what it is, and that's why like I liked it. That's why I kept coming back for that kind of stuff. And that's yeah. when I watched you guys do that and your approach, even though what we're doing over here is, you know, sort of a you know, it's a business. Uh, you know, it's a business, but the approach to our social strategy is completely, you know, different, and it. It's based on what we think the the people want and you know, mm-hmm. giving them quality information that can help them perform better is like our social strategy. And when we watch you guys and what you guys do, um, we take a lot of that into account. And so like it's been really fun to watch you guys through what you guys have been doing and then for us to put it into action in our own strategy uh, I think it's been really cool, and thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, you, and uh, you know, like that's what I, the way I look at it is, yeah, we've dabbled into stuff like an e-commerce store like we had clothes that like you know all these generally kids or followers come on to live streams like oh you guys should sell t-shirts and it's like we really just do what people ask us to do it's Mm kind of like dance monkey dance it's like you want an e-commerce 
you want to buy an ultimate hockey fan cave Steiner t-shirt? Okay. We'll explore and learn and figure it out. And then we realize like, we do not want to be pushing hockey stick creations for people to buy. Ken doesn't want to be making these for other people. He loves the, he loves it for the cave. And I don't want to ruin that experience by being, Hey, you got to make 20 of these chairs because people are buying it. That would just ruin exactly the essence of yeah. what makes the cave special. And so we, we dabbled in that for sure. We, we thought about it. We did the, you know, you could buy the t-shirts, drop shipping and a couple tape towers here and there. But we just realized that people from us just want us and the cave and content. And, um, you know, it's not that we aren't looking at how to develop it, this into a business because Ken and I have the dream of just being able to do this full time, whether it is a vlog that, you know, allows us to monetize our content, brings people in for free. Like that would be the dream of just creating content from the cave and, and getting paid for it. Just even just enough to survive. We're not even trying to get rich. We just want to be able to do this every day because we love every element of it, the creation, you know, the brainstorming, the execution, the humor, and then the hockey passion behind it. So that's kind of our goal. I mean, we are, we have a few things going on in the background uh, that we'd like to, but nowadays the business models really changed and follow. Mm -hmm. And I think you see that a lot. There's no more, there's more of us going to the bank for a huge business loan with a business plan to open up like a brick and mortar shop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, a lot yeah. of, a lot, it doesn't, I, I don't have any friends or other entrepreneurs that are doing that. It's all, it's all digital. And um, yeah. that's what we do at the cave is try to run it as, as cheaply as possible. And, uh, and most of it is just our time, but if we're having a good time, then it really costs us nothing. And, yeah. um, and so, you know, for our approach now it is going back to your point about the branding and kind of, you know, building brand loyalty is that we hope that one day when we actually have something that we want, we want to sell or we put out there under the ultimate hockey fan cave brand, that that family in Rhode Island who's watched us for two years for free will spend the 2500 bucks, whatever it is, and support us. That is kind of the goal. So we've been like I told Ken from day one, we just develop a fun hockey passionate brand and we'll see what happens. And it's kind of taken off. So, you know, now we have a big following that if we do come to the point where we have a product, we actually have almost 20,000 just on one platform where I can say, Hey, you've seen all this content for two, three years. You want to support the cave, please go purchase blank. You know, that that's kind of the approach yes. and the new business model. I would say for any followers listening out there, is yeah the the time is the hardest part the time of not just you creating the content but the time of the people consuming it is don't take that for granted um because you, they can't get that 30 seconds back that vlog that's 10 minutes they can't get that back or this podcast um so that that's that is the one thing i've kind of learned it because once you do that it, you lose people they don't yeah. come back they see that like if you're a boring live stream where you're wasting their time and you see that notification come up or they're live, they won't click it again. So, yeah. um, and then once you do that, you build up your brand, you're following, then if you have a product, then you now have access like us and you're 19, 19, just over 19,000. That's, that's a pretty good reach for, you know, trying to promote and get people to potentially buy a product. So that's how I kind of look at the new, new way of the world is through this new social media and media marketing is, you want to gain your big uh, following as big as possible, but you got to do it in the right way because audiences aren't stupid. People aren't stupid. They know when the ShamWow guy is trying to sell them something, yeah. you know, from an infomercial compared to like a conversation. And so that, that that's kind of our approach to that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the Gary V effect here for a second. Hmm. Um, you know, we've both 
we both consume that uh, content. We both, I know that we've both engaged on his uh, content and we've, you know, discussed different things, different elements. And, right. You know, basically I've been to the Gary Vee business school for the last 20 months or so. Like I just feel like I've learned so much from just consuming that sort of content. And that's, it's this, you know, what you just described is somewhat of a similar pattern to what we are doing uh, here, you know, with, uh, with shifted, obviously right. we have a service that we, we do um, as like our business model, but uh, the whole strategy and, and the branding aspect, I had to really learn about that and what the difference was. Mm-hmm. Know, Big difference. Having a service is one part of it. Sure. But like, how do you, how do people know that you exist? And, you know, like, it's not like, this internet thing has really changed a whole bunch. It's changed the game and people are finally starting to understand that the internet is something that, you know, it's basically taken over the role of the middleman. So what do we do do around it? Like how do we build around it and how do we build on, you know, on top of that and, you know, build on top of those platforms, like he says, you know, on the Facebook, the Instagram, the, you know, this, you know, we're recording right. here with Anchor, you know, like, how do we get a podcast? You know, this, this, why are we doing it? That kind of stuff. Like, it's all so super interesting. And basically, we're just, you know, we're trying to get people's attention mm-hmm. so that, you know, that that's just how the business model is. And, you know, the give, 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 you know, ask, you know, eventually there's a, there's an ask, but, um, you know, if you can give, 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 you know, I've been really putting that in, into perspective recently. Um, the the ask and and if you can hold your breath longer than the next person you know it's going to be more fruitful you just have to be you know willing or able to 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 do that sort of thing and i think that's kind of the approach you guys are taking too correct absolutely no no you're hit the nail on the head i mean going just you pretty much summed up my long-winded explanation about the cave and like the give 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 then and ask is like we've been giving for it'll be three years in august and with very little ask like hey you want a tape tower or you want like summer skates from us that you know really didn't pan into anything other than maybe like a case of beer you know so yeah. so yeah. like our uh, we've been giving 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 and it's all been free and like we've been including our audience on decisions for us of like okay should we you know should we look at patreon and people voted the no or like when we do podcasts they voted 64 percent one in one under 10 minutes so like when you have access to an audience through this digital world, it really makes no sense to not include them, but it's also doubles as like you're engaging with them again. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. Right. So we, that is kind of our give, give, give ask, but like now it's been, we're not even asking It's like give, give, give. And now people are giving back without us even asking. So like people say, Hey, like love the live streams. Can you open up a package on the live stream? Like, if if I sat there three years ago to Ken and said, hey, we're going to get people to send us free stuff to open on a live stream and people are going to watch us like <laughs> it's Christmas, he would look yeah. at me like I'm an idiot. Like, how is this going to – I don't get this. And then, But now over the years, we've kind of seen that, you know, brand awareness, our personalities, like people want to attach the brands not just to the cave and the creations. I mean, they look great on photos when we snap them for companies and then they put them on their – you know, put them in their marketing plan or on a – promotion like sauce kit does has done some video we've done some videos for sauce kit that they use on their facebook promos those type of things but it having them be able to send us stuff um because of who we are to me is more rewarding than sending it to here because we have cool hockey stick creations and that's the, mm-hmm. the relationship building that you know i try to instill in anybody who talks to me is like all this stuff is is literally starts with a relationship of 
you know, wanting to meet the people behind the accounts, the real people, what I call the human element. And as soon as, as soon as you start doing that, then people want to do stuff for you because they like you because they know the human that's I think that's the crucial part in any walk of life is, is the human element. And that's why when we're on the live stream, we treat everybody who comes in like a human, regardless of like the numbers or questions, they're taking the time to ask the questions. And I've, you know, we take a real empathetic approach. Ken and I watch a lot of live streams and it's like, Hey, you know, I got a good question here. I'm not even looking for a shout out or a follow or free product. I just want to know your thoughts on this. And they don't even look (laughs) at the comments to me. That annoys me as a user and I don't go back. So when we started doing that, I made sure that on the Q and A's the questions and that, that kind of approach really uh, resonates with people. And we've seen that so far. Yeah, absolutely. And like, it's, it's just the, the smart approach, right? And you talk about the human element. That's exactly, you know, the way we approach things too. like, you know, this whole, so the whole stats, like what we do, you know, we give stats, we do notes, and we give back, you know, player reports, and the, the whole thing with the stats and analytics community, now around hockey is getting so big, you know, and then we're, we're, we're almost going too far. And we're forgetting that, you know, the people that are creating the stats, they are human beings. And like, you need to understand. So like, I mm-hmm. haven't been through that, having been through that entire process of like, going through minor hockey, then going to junior, then going to pro and then becoming a young pro and then, you know, getting your opportunity and then getting sent down and then getting cut and like all this stuff. And then, you know, having to try to make it again. And then, you know, getting told no, like who knows how many times I can't even count. You know, I could go through my direct messages that I sent to teams like, Hey, you know, back in the day, like you get so many no's and it just takes one. Yes. Right. 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 But, but the, the human element, you know, back to my point about the human element is so, so important that, you know, that's what we do is, you know, we provide player development based on uh, what teams need, but more importantly, what player needs. And the player needs, they need to feel good about playing hockey. They need to feel like they're accomplishing their goals. They need to right. feel connected to the game. Um, and it's a, it's a whole personal you know a whole person type of approach it's not just go and stick handle it's not just go and lift weights it's not just go on the ice and skate up and down it's like how do you breathe better how do you you know how do you work your nutrition plan to optimize your performance how do you you know do things that are like visualization techniques so you can right. you know kind of see what's happening already you know and then dealing with stress when you're lying in like in bed like i i I didn't play hockey level but i played soccer and collegiate level and and uh just the you know this this stuff any athlete across any sport like you're talking about the visualization but just even just dealing with the stress of a missed opportunity lying in bed that night of having an open net and you shot it wide like you know James Neal, you know, like he's from the Stanley cup finals when he had the open net or whatever, you know, like those type of moments that we've all been in that type of stuff. How do you deal with that human element or help them uh, help these players deal with that part? Because you know what, if you want to learn to stick handle, just do follow Pavel Barber, just, you know, daily do what he does, do his sports or do his Pavel Barber training account. Any challenge he comes out, do that. He will, that's what he's really good at. But there's no full service in the human element of that, right? Like he's not helping. He is in his schools, but online, it's really tough for him to be able to provide that full human service element because he's so drawn in so many areas. But that's why it's good that you guys have this uh, full in-depth personal experience 
full it sounds like just a full rounded experience for a player who wants to really develop in every area not just stick handling or shooting yeah like let's talk about that particular approach like when you're talking about like the stress of like missing an open net so like when you're when you're dealing with that type of thing like it's important to note that what we tell what we tell athletes is it's not about one moment like like everyone well they can only capture things they can see things in one moment but the progression of the athlete is about the entire process the build up it's the lead up you know like if you do it correctly the like the practicing in the day to day is like the really really hard part and then the game should just feel like easy you throw the chips in and be like hey this is what i am and because right. you can't it's like too it's way too hard to to say i'm going to push this button and i'm going to turn it on like even even the athletes that say they do that, they don't. Like, they are working tirelessly at their craft. And, you know, to say, like, I'm a gamer, yeah, that's that's great. Like, can you raise your intensity level? I mean, you can only do things to a certain degree. And if you haven't practiced that and, and do that kind of stuff, that's why practice habits are so important. So when you talk about, like, James Neal missing an open net or, you know, that kind of thing, it's not about that one moment. Okay, so how do we go back and, and – assess this player the situation well we'll tell them like listen it just happened that way like let's get over it it's not about that next time mm-hmm. you, know, you prepare you all you can do is prepare for your next opportunity and when you get that opportunity you're gonna know like what happened before and i'm gonna take that opportunity you know and you're gonna do things that are gonna you practice over and over and over because you failed at something right and and that's just having those tools in place that a lot of players don't because they are just learning stick handle or shoot so that when that comes up, but then they don't, and then that opportunity comes up, but then they're not fully equipped to deal with when it doesn't go well, you know, like that's, that's what I think is, is really, is really crucial in these young player developments now is the mental side of it, you know, how to deal with it and having those mental tools and toolbox to be able to apply uh, alongside and complementary with uh, the physical attributes. And that's the full rounded approach that, you know, it's good to have services like you guys out there being able to, especially kids young these days, being able to consume as we know so much media about opportunities and training and, you know, uh, I just don't want to see them just get stuck in the physical element because um, mm. I wish I had that more in all the sports that I've played was not just working out in the gym or practicing is also like, you know, meditation or yoga. Like there wasn't that much stuff when I was yeah. younger. And nowadays, um, you know, I, I'm a goalie in hockey, but that's such a more mental, mental game than physical uh, for that position. And so reading even the goalie guilds books about the mental side of it, it brought so much perspective and actually taught me a really good life lesson uh, that I've, you know, goaltending taught me to use in general life is, is the ability to let go. Yeah, um, is let go, learn from it, and move on. When I first started playing it, I would be like, a goal goes in, I'd be frustrated for the whole game. And obviously then that doesn't make you play well. And I just get so pissed off. But I, I started to learn that, you know, getting pissed off that doesn't work for my for me playing and for the success of the team and my performance. So I actually learned the ability and like a, almost like not a coping mechanism, but a mechanism to support me in learning to move on learn from the moment of what went wrong and then getting right back into it. And uh, I wish I had more of that uh, younger or had a service like your guys's that would have been able to equip me appropriately. Not when I was like 30. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you understand that what's actually happening to your body on like a, 
chemical makeup when when you feel mm-hmm. those emotions, right? It's really it's when they say it's weighing you down, it actually is because like it, em, emotional stress and trauma is is just like being punched in the face almost, except for you know you don't have the physical you know bruise, bruise. But, but like you know. What people don't think about this. So if you're if you're tense about a situation, that means you're you're shrugging your shoulders. When you shrug your shoulders, it's going to cause you issues, uh, you know, imbalances up and down your, you know, the whole the whole vertebrae, and it's going to throw that your hips off. Like there's so much more connectivity to our body than just like thinking about like structurally. It's it's all interconnected, and that's one thing that I've you know kind of picked up over the years of seeing some good people and, and like understanding and taking, you know, paying attention when they're talking and, you know, there's, there's so much connectivity going back to like the mental sort of thing and stress, you know, having all these tools now for these kids, you know, it's, it's really, it's really crazy to think that we are, you know, we need these type of things now because thinking back to when I was a kid, like, or like, you know, when you were a kid thinking back to it, you know, we, we were just, we went on the ice, we played, and then we, you know, we won or we lost. Now I feel like there's so much, you know, more that we're trying to be inclusive of all the kids who, you know, aren't winning or aren't, you know, they're not getting ahead. And, and honestly, like, it's coming from a, you know, a good place initially that we think like, hey, we want to, you know, give these kids like, you know, we want to support them. We want to, we want to, you know, like give them an award too for participating. And this is a big thing for me now is, but quite honestly like it's just setting them up for you know future you know harm basically and, and that's and then you're seeing that these kids are starting at, at you know like 13 14 15 they're they're leaving the game of hockey because they can't deal with you know losing and when you actually have to go into a competition where you know it's something where if you make it you do it and if you don't then you don't then these mm-hmm. kids these kids they'll they'll just they'll crumble and they'll, they'll be out of the sport so like we're losing kids to you know quitting at 15 when you know all we needed to do was let them un- like figure it out themselves like win or lose right mm-hmm. it's, it's like it's not just it's not just a winning or losing aspect it's like the whole mentality behind it right and so a lot of these kids they're they're thinking that they have to peak at 13 years old now when in actuality you you want to be peaking when you're like 23 when you're actually an athlete a professional yeah. athlete yeah i think uh I, I agree with with what you said there. Um, I think uh, I think we all know is is I, I consider winning and losing as a to be a skill, not like actually the skill of winning and losing, but like dealing with winning, dealing yeah. with losing. Like that's a skill that can be taught, but it, it also is something like you said, kind of just kind of comes naturally through process repetition of yeah, you losing week that. after week and then winning. Okay, or having one of those seasons where you win and you're just not being that you know, asshole that, you know, is, is rubbing in people's faces, like winning gracefully and losing gracefully. Like that's a skill and understanding why you did and then trying to be strategic for your next game or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that is kind of lost a bit if, if you're taking that away in the younger realm in the younger sports ages. Um, but I, I just always think too, is like, there's usually only one person gets hired for a position at a job. Exactly. You know, Let's like contextualize it then, right. Let's contextualize it for what you guys do. So all of a sudden now you guys, you know, let's say you're doing content creation for someone and mm-hmm. you want to, you want to do it for them. And they say, you know, thanks, but no thanks. How many times have you heard no, right? Like, I'm sure you've heard no a ton of times. 
yeah. but you know, like you can't just quit what you're doing because someone told you no. Like, hey, like you kind of got to just keep going at it because it takes one yes for you to feel like great, and then you get a little bit of inspiration again, and you're like, okay, I can do. This. Do you know how many come Blake? Ah. Uh, if I had to guess between the amount of DMs and emails I sent when we started pushing this out, like back to the days when we had a thousand subscribe or a thousand followers and like no subscribers or anything, the amount of DMs, like, and I still do it to this day. I yesterday sent out a DM to like a potential company that we think would be a good, um, good partner to work with, um, mainly because their products aren't uh, would be very valuable to young hockey content creators so mm-hmm. we reached out and being like you know what like there's no content creators out there that are showcasing like microphones or good quality mics and i look at these kids you know anyways getting back before i go down that rabbit hole um getting back to your point is i i still do it uh, i'll probably yeah. not get a response get a response but that doesn't stop me like that's that and that's maybe something that i learned over the years from sports playing every sport under the sun as a kid losing one day winning the next and having that skill set of winning gracefully and losing gracefully um it has really allowed me to apply it to what we do here it's like okay nope but if i don't i guess long story short if you don't play the game you'll never know if you win or lose yeah so but you don't know how to lose or win gracefully if you don't like actually have to do it right right exactly how can a kid learn to lose if he you know, finished in seventh place and he's getting a ribbon saying, thanks for participating. Like it doesn't work like that. That's my, yeah, that's my opinion, but that's actually what's happening. Right. And so these kids, they're, they're getting this, you know, these, this anxiety for, you know, doing something later. So like if they, they get some sort of participation award and then they go and do something the next time, if they don't do well at it that you know they have maybe anxiety of like doing well at the next thing that they do because they had a reward, Mm-hmm. for not winning like they're just they're getting mixed mixed messages and i don't think it has to be so complex i think it just has to be simplified to the point of like hey like the kid who wins wins the kid who doesn't doesn't the guy who gets the job gets it the one who doesn't well hey they don't like that's just how it is like yeah tough luck go back and do something better and then you'll get it next time or yeah apply for a new job apply for a different job but just because yeah. you didn't get that job doesn't mean you shouldn't you know or that get picked for that team doesn't mean you shouldn't try out the next year or apply yeah. for a new job and yeah it's a it's it, it's tricky because i think now like just with the whole you know i'm in and it sounds like you two are in the same generation where like we didn't have the internet we grew up you know mm-hmm. a bit of it then now we have it and we're learning it where not having that um accessibility that information um you know we're slowly starting to see that younger generation now as time goes on they're so accustomed to things being convenient yeah, that that they some things in life just aren't. And the older you get, the more you realize that on like how much harder work it is and and so forth. And like I think just you know having to come home when the lights came on on the street was like my yeah. sign, not a text message. I don't know if any of that really, like I, I, it plays into the part of it. But my point is, is like as time goes on and generations get older, we get older. Like um, you're, you, we're starting to see a little bit uh, of the result of that. Yeah. And, and so it can be good. good and it can be bad. You know, like there's lots of great young companies coming up with these entrepreneurs and it's great. But when you want to focus it on just maybe sports development and uh, winning and losing, it, you know, I, I, it kind of sounds like a bit of a detriment taking that approach now that we're kind of seeing time go on yeah. with these generations. But yeah. And it also kind of discredits the guys who win because then it's like, oh, I won, but 
you know, everyone else is getting something too. But that's just my thing. True. Well, yeah. Let's let's. I mean, we'll we'll move on here to the uh, the social media aspect. So, right. You guys started on which platform, and then why? <laughs> um, of all places, we started on Twitter. This that's was where the hockey people hang out. They still yeah, do. they, they still, still do. do for sure. They um, the one thing we found is we started with Twitter, and then tried doing a podcast and we sat around, I'm in coach's corner right now with the five of us and recorded it. It was, it just felt forced. It felt like, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't the live streams. It was like, okay, your turn, you speak now your turn. It just did not have that authentic feel that I really wanted for us as a brand and where I thought, you know, not, not only us as a brand at that point, the, the, the reason we've had success is the stuff we put out and the, what we create is because we're having fun doing it. We yeah. were not having fun doing that podcast, so I scrapped it. <laughs> like Ken and I love the live streams; that's why we do them. It's a, it's almost like a selfish, but also benefit to us. It's like we yeah, love the doing self, them. So the selfishness is the selflessness, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, we started on Twitter and the podcast, and then also then I just realized like it was actually my wife said to me, "I was like, you should put it on Instagram," and I was like. She's like, well, there's a lot of photos. You know, it's more photo first. Like Twitter is kind of text then photo. So mm-hmm. our what captivates people when you first see this place is obviously something visual. Mm-hmm. So we, we needed to have that up front. So it depends on your audience. If you are like a news outlet and you want to be up to date on the news, Twitter is perfect because you can get the yeah. text and all that. But it's just really finding, you know, what makes your brand or whatever it is you want to showcase, making that – uh, figuring out which platform will do that the best. So for us, it's the visual. Instagram is obviously number one, and that's where we've had the most success. Yeah, the uh, that that's really true. Like of you know, just understanding what platform does what, and then having a different approach to to each thing. And you can see that, like when I scroll through your content on any platform, you can definitely see the approach is different. You know, with each one. So that's, for sure, uh, it's you have great. to make. You have to make content for, uh, you have to create content for the platform. Yes. That's, that's pretty much the one like rule I have is I don't just hit, you know, one post on Instagram and I take Twitter, I take, you know, Facebook also, and then it goes and it doesn't fit. Cause like on Twitter, you know, we have a different account name than we do on, on Instagram because of you could only have so many characters. So if you just tag us your and send it to t- Twitter, it's actually not going to connect with us. So, you know, there's all these different rules for these social media platforms and yeah. you know, character count and hashtags and strategies and like locations. So we, I literally create content for every single platform uh, specifically for it. So it's a lot of work, but you know, the vlogs, like I just don't take a one minute video that I put on Instagram and throw it up on, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I probably could because some of our stuff would be pretty entertaining. People would consume it, but that platform is for like the long term five plus minutes, it's more, yeah. more storytelling, a place for me to kind of work on like edits, testing ground, see. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we just make content for each specific platform. No, it's great. I think that's the, that's the way to go for sure. I think you guys have been doing an awesome job at, all that sort of stuff. So, um, like, kudos to you guys for sure. Um, yeah, we're getting to the point in the show where I'd like to maybe let you like talk about something you feel, you know, passionately about within hockey, or like why, why like hockey is this big thing that connects us all, and then how you know it's useful to 
building something around it like you have done like a community and like mm-hmm. how this wasn't available to us even 10 years ago this it wasn't even possible to do this i think i think hockey i think going back to prior earlier in the podcast about like the story of it there's always a different story everyone has a different story um i, I personally love hockey because that when playing and the, the speed of it is there's not much thinking to it you just kind of play and, and react. And uh, I, that for me is the actual playing part that I love about it. But it's just hearing people talk about, you know, the history. And, and it, I guess it's just any sport, but like the players and like main events and, you know, back in Bobby Orr scoring and soaring. And it's just, I think that emotion of that story that takes us back to those parts, whether we lived it or like, you know, me hearing it from my dad tell me about it, like takes me back. And I think it's just hockey is the reason we connect and i think it's just the fact that whatever the reason is we love playing it for me the fact that it's uh it don't have to think and it just it's quick it's fast um really attracted me to that and then i just fell in love with the sport and then that love you know transferred to following players and then you know getting into the gear and people always have their reasons for loving hockey. And I love exploring that and asking people's story from it. Cause you know, people walk in here and be like, this is crazy. I'm not a hockey fan, but I build a lot of stuff and this looks nuts. And, and so it's just, I love finding that, that little piece that people would connect uh, to the cave and connect with hockey. So, um, it, and now the ability to connect with people is just easier than 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, just the ability it's... that you and I are talking on a podcast that's free, going to be distributed to iTunes and all the stuff with a click of a button. Yeah. And then after I'm going to go do maybe do a live stream and all these type of things with a click of buttons on a mobile device uh, is is crazy. I still remember taking the BC ferries for tournament, looking over and this guy <laughs> this guy had this this like palm TV, you know, those old little like it was like the first time I ever saw a TV, a portable <laughs> TV with those antenna ears and this guy's watching on like maybe like a two inch screen if that and it was fuzzy and I was like, whoa, he's watching TV. Nowadays <laughs> I fall asleep to watching Netflix on my phone. Yeah, and so crazy. I just always kind of take that into the, into consideration when I do this stuff on how far we've come. It also gets me really excited about where we're gonna go. Like this stuff is not going anywhere. It's uh, like when I made the jump from my government job to my media business, yeah. is it's not like I was jumping out to start a newspaper. Yeah, I was. You know, it's not a dying element. This is only. There's only gonna be a new Facebook, a new Instagram. Uh, you know, Snapchat. Those things are gonna come out and develop as part of like competitive market, and it's just kind of understanding how to use those tools for you know your guys' service for us as a, as a brand and having fun and all those type of things that that is what's is gets me really excited is people connect over hockey because they love it and now we have tools that allow us to connect so easily for sure uh i'll do one more question before we get into the uh the part where we kind of say hey where uh, where can we find you guys but sure one more this question is i think for me, uh, it's a pretty good question, and I just, I think it's really relevant to you guys, and I think that, uh, you know, I have my take on, you know, this question, but what's a better strategy for hockey? Is it to continue to hold on to its rich history uh, within the game and, you know, kind of hold that sort of image, or is it better served to 
begin to think about where it's going and where we're going with uh, all this media and technology, as you said, like it's not going anywhere. Like, what do you think is a better play for them? Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, I think there's, I think, I think we've got to learn from the past on things that have like done well, things that, you know, and things that haven't, haven't gone well, uh, you know, lessons learned and try to apply it, but also not get ahead of ourselves. Like, you know, I remember what was it? Fox sports put that blue laser or that blue (laughs) flame puck, puck you know, that, that type of stuff is, I think that that kind of dilutes the hockey uh, a bit, those type of things that kind of almost makes it gimmicky. And I don't, you know, no one really likes gimmicks. So I would be concerned about using the new technology uh, to make it feel, make hockey feel very gimmicky, but also don't completely ignore the past and make it so old and traditional. I think there's got to be a balance between the two. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I'm concerned about like what is virtual reality going to bring to the NHL? Like, you know, those are, I'm excited about, but it also is like, I don't want it to, you know, now have generations just completely ignore the wood sticks back in the day (laughs) or like Ken's molded mask and where we came from and that story. Um, So I think it's just finding the right balance between the two and using them. So, you know, it, it's, we're not, I don't like to say like using like the new technology to sell products. Cause that's kind of like what we would like to do, but um, the NHL is a product. I just don't want to see it, see the past and where it came from when it was, you know, it always has been a business, but like, you know, that pure hockey back in the day uh, compared to what, where it's going. So long story short, just find the right balance between using technology to make it as entertaining, fun and people can learn but then also don't dilute the past of where where the nhl came from and uh, all the like the heroes that we all grew up loving yeah and you know the reason why i asked that question is because that's my take on it and i think that that's the you know the consensus probably would be like to you know use the past but also to think a little bit forward but i think the uh, the way that it should go is probably to start thinking a little bit more forward thinking but the reason why i asked is because i really feel like you guys are kind of doing that with your content and with your branding and and all that stuff like you're taking you know things of the past making them you know relevant to the now and then making it so that it can be consumable later like i think you guys are doing a good job of that Mm -hmm. that's why it keeps me engaged in the the content yeah that's like it's all it's all about balance, really. If we just showed all of like the vintage stuff Ken would be here, then we're kind of pigeonholed into that. You know, that's what people know us for. But then that's why we like the brand of the Ultimate Hockey Fan Cave, because if it's anything hockey, we can show, we can, we can talk about, we can do whatever. But if we were like, you know, Ultimate Hockey Skate Blades, then it's really hard for us to kind of dabble into old vintage Northland hockey stick creations. So yeah. <laughs> we, we were actually really lucky with the naming of this. I can, I, uh, we talked about it and everyone always went with the man cave. But like I said to Ken, I'm like, you know what? Like there's lots of women out there. The NWHL is growing. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. His been... wife's a big hawk. Uh, is a big hockey fan. His daughter's a Canucks fan. Uh, so we wanted to make sure that hockey is for everyone. So we wanted to make the cave for everyone. So that's why we, you know, ultimate hockey fan cave and kind of, and we do move away from the man cave term. So we, we, we got lucky with that. And I think it was, I think I just looked at Ken. I said, what do you want to name this? And he's like, ultimate hockey fan cave. I'm like, 
okay. Like, and that was yeah. probably the best decision we've made. And we didn't even know the importance of it. You know, like yeah. when you look at like us exactly. liking or commenting or joining up, people know now know that. And it does a really good job of describing what we are in a very short area in a short amount of letters. So yeah, um, yeah that, that was kind of crucial was the, the naming part with the branding, but it's finding the balance within that brand. Yeah. That's uh, and it definitely encapsulates that all in, in, you know, the naming. So that, that is good. And I guess, you know, that kind of answers the next question, uh, you know, like this, uh, where can people find you so that they can connect with you more and watch your awesome live streams? Because guys, if you haven't checked out their live streams, they're awesome. You know, they're just great. They're so entertaining and so engaging and you guys all need to go and check this out. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah. And I think we're probably the only people one of the live streams that, do like two hour plus live streams <laughs> you know like and we have a lot of people who say like oh you know we don't uh i can only tune in for a bit of it because you guys go so long it's like oh we just we'd be in here doing this anyways but uh yeah you yeah. can find us uh yeah, mainly if you want to just check us out you can go to ultimatehockeyfancave.com it'll give you links there to all of our platforms including instagram twitter snapchat and facebook uh, instagram's our main one that's where we do our live streams we try to do it at least once a week maybe a couple times depending on our schedules and uh we just have fun talking hockey and connecting with people about their hockey stories so thanks so much for for having me it was great i, I just love talking this stuff yeah <laughs> no it was it was really great thank you uh, so much for for joining the show i know we connected a while back about doing this and then we finally got it set up and i'm glad that we're doing it now and um, I really, really am impressed by the path you guys have been on and, and I've really enjoyed actually watching it because it, it actually gives me so much uh, information to how I want to run this thing and, mm-hmm. and learn so much from you guys. So thank you for that. And thanks for putting out great quality hockey content that people can feel good about and connect with, you know, with hockey because the game of hockey is just awesome. Like the game is so great. We just need to feel good about it and enjoy and celebrate that. And I think that's what you guys capture. So thanks for that. Yeah, we did. We one thing to describe is we don't overthink things. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but we uh, hockey is just awesome. And we just want to showcase it in a, in a lot of spots. So um, yeah. the authenticity is great. Yeah. Yeah. You get what you, you get, what you see with the cave. And so that that's been kind of, I guess, one of our successful points so far. And we're just going to run with that. Absolutely. Well, we look forward to staying uh, connected here uh, on social and, uh, you know, offline. Maybe it'd be great to uh, eventually do some stuff. So uh, thanks for joining us, Jordy. I hope that uh, it's been just as, uh, you know, good a partnership or connection for you guys. And we look forward to, you know, continually uh, being connected in the future. Yeah, I can't wait to work with you guys uh, offline, online, even more of these podcasts. Just being able to talk hockey with other hockey passionate people is is a thrill for everyone here at the Cave, not just myself. So thank you, Mike, and uh, we will be in touch for sure. For sure. All right. Well, uh, we'll uh, make sure we have, have you guys back on the show again, or maybe I'll uh, join your podcast. When are you coming up to Victoria, though? When are you going to come see the Cave in person? That is a great question. Um you know, like I'm currently working on, you know, my uh, scheduling. So uh, <laughs> uh, I would love to build that in because I just think that's an awesome place. My my uh, my cousin actually lives in Victoria, and uh, she just absolutely loves it. So uh, oh, there you go. Uh, uh, visit the cave and then make a pit stop at her place <laughs> for sure. Yeah, make make uh make the cave the excuse. Oh yeah, I gotta I gotta go 
I got to come here and visit you, but I'm going to this hockey cave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got to. Yeah, I definitely want to sit in that uh, in that chair, though. That's for sure. Yeah. All righty. Well, um, let us know. Love to have you. For sure. All right. We'll keep it warm. And we'll. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. For- All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jordy, for being on the show today. It was great to hear your perspective on building a brand around hockey and just being a fan of the game and seeing how the way the internet is changing everything from a business dynamic perspective and the way we are consuming content is changing by the minute. Jordy and the team over at The Cave have been doing a great job with promoting hockey, promoting fanship around the game, and promoting getting people to like you know hockey i think it's a great job i think they're doing just an awesome job of making people feel connected and if you ask anybody that's engaged in their community they will feel the same way because you know their personalities come through on their live streams or through their posts or through their youtube channel any which way you consume their content you feel connected and that's really the way you want to be going. So kudos to them. Thanks, guys, for listening to the podcast today. We hope you guys got a ton of value out of this show. I know we did. If you guys wouldn't mind, just head on over to iTunes, hit the subscribe button, and then leave us a review so that other people can hear the show and help this episode get heard by more people. We think there's a, a lot of value by having the people that we've had on our show, the guests that we've had, they're all fantastic people. And we'd love for more people to be able to hear their thoughts and their perspectives on things. So if you wouldn't mind leaving us a nice review or some rating or something, whatever you guys feel, that'd be great. Uh, as always, uh, thank you guys for your attention. We really, really appreciate that. And until next time, keep performing optimally. Thank you.